Hey guys, my name's Jose, and this is part two of taking a look at the either the ratios or the metrics I use when trying to look at the health of a company. So in the last episode, we took a look at a lot of values that had to do with the earnings per share of the company. Today, we're going to take a look at the rest of the ones I use. So we'll start off with gross margins. So gross margins is revenue minus cost of sales divided by revenue. So the profit between the profit between the cost of producing or purchasing an item of inventory and its eventual sell price. So if you have a gross margin of 35%, this means that 35% of your sales revenue is left to pay your remaining expenses and left for net profit. In other words, 65% of your final sale prices was consumed by the cost of manufacturing or purchasing the inventory. So let me just give you guys a quick example. Let's say I had a lemonade stand, right? Um, and I'm just gonna say I sold the lemonade for a dollar. I sold the lemonade for a dollar, but all the um, the lemonade, the lemon it took me, the sugar, everything that it took me to make that lemonade costed me 65, um, 65 cents that means I get to keep 35 cents. So that would mean that my gross profit margin is 35%, right? Out of that $1 that I sold, 65 had to go back to the money I spent buying the stuff for the lemonade, and I kept 35 cents or 35%. So higher gross margin always is a good thing, right? If a company is increasing their, their gross margins, that's always a good thing. Lower gross margins, in the other hand, is not always a bad thing. Just because they have lower gross margins doesn't mean that the company is doing bad. The company can have started selling a product that has lower gross margin, but in relations, they are still receiving higher net income um, as a result of it because they're selling so much more. They're having so much more earnings per share because they are selling a huge amount of this of this product. So usually products that are sold in big bulks are usually products that have lower gross margin. And it's the same with um, with profit margins we'll take a look at um, later on. Margins vary by sector. So this is something that you guys are like always. You have to always take a look at companies that are like each other, right? The margins for a car company are probably, are all going to be the same, right? They probably all have the same amount of, of margins when they, when they sell a vehicle. But when you take a look at a tech company or a software company, right? A software company they don't have to pay for any software real stuff, right? It's most likely expenses later on. So let's go back to the lemonade stand, right? You still have 35%, um, 35 cents, but we'll take a look in the next margins. There's still other expenses that you have to pay off before you make your final net, um, net income. So gross margins is the first thing I take a look at. Next, like I was talking about, is profit margins. So profit margins equals net income divided by sales revenue. So this tells us how much profit is generated from our sales, specifically the percentage of sales revenue that end up as profit. So if you have a profit margin of 30%, then that means that 30% of your sales revenue ends up as profit, and the remaining 70% is used up to the expenses over the period. So let's take a look back at that lemonade uh, example that I gave you guys, right? So in the previous example, I said that if you sold uh, lemonade for a dollar 
and you got to keep 35 cents out of that dollar because you had to pay 65 cents back for all the materials. So that means you had a 35% gross margins. Now in here, we have 30% margins. So now we may, let's say we had that, that business, that lemonade stand. Let's say we had to pay five cents to, um, to advertise, to print out some papers, to print out some papers to post on, on, the, on the park or to post uh, around the block. Let's say we spent five cents extra to, to use that. So obviously now we're, even though that wasn't needed to, to make our previous item, it was still an expense needed to be paid. So that's that's where we get this profit margin. So this profit margin is once we pay off all the expenses, either being advertisement expenses, um, paying off the employees and, and so on and so forth. So again, this is pretty similar to, to um, like always, right? Different ratios among sectors. So make sure to only compare like companies, the net income again of, of like I've always say, a car company's net income will most likely net profit margins will probably be similar to other car companies opposed to a tech company or technically tech companies usually have a higher profit margin and like always increasing profit margins is always a good thing because what does that mean if profit margins um, increases there's only two things that could have happened net income could have gone up and if net income has gone up, that means we're keeping more of the money. The next thing is, so net income can go up in plenty of ways by either us being able to maintain a higher margin of the money or by increasing sale revenues and still being able to maintain more money. So always increase in profit margins is always a good thing, right? If profit margin is increasing, that means net income has been higher. It's increasing. If net income is increasing, always a great thing, right? We want more money for the company to stay as profit because now with this net income, we can use to invest furthermore into a company. So net income is what gives us our earnings per share, which we took a look at in last episode. Decrease in profit margins is not always a bad thing, right? So let's say our profit margin stays the same. Our net income could increase, but our sales revenue could increase even more. If our sales revenue increase even at a higher rate than net income, then our profit margins will go down. But that doesn't mean a bad thing, right? We're still receiving higher sales revenue and we're still receiving a higher net income. This could just mean that the item we are selling now, we might be saying we might be selling it in bulk or we're not collecting as much margin, but we're hitting a whole new market as a whole. And that's why we see a growth in sales revenue. So decrease in profit margin is not always a bad thing. Always take a look at past data or try to take a look at the annual information that the company posts and they will explain to you in their 10Q report or the 10K report why the profit margin has decreased. They'll tell you, hey, we just started selling a new product that has lower margins. So that's obviously going to affect the margins. But we're selling more of that product and in return, we're receiving higher net income. So, right, that's the bad thing. Good, um, it's always good to see an increase in it. Not always a bad thing if we see a decrease in it. Current ratio. So next we'll take a look at current ratio. So current ratio is, the, is current assets divided by current liability. So current assets and current liabilities are any assets that um, can be liquidized pretty quickly. So current liabilities are liabilities that need to be sold off in the that need to be paid off within the next 12 months. Current assets are assets that in theory can become liquidized in the next 12 months. So it simply measures how much more assets you have than liabilities. 
So current assets divided by current liabilities, you would like to see a ratio greater than one. If you have a ratio greater than one, that means that current assets are higher than current liabilities. So in theory, it means that this company can sell off all its current assets and pay off all its current liabilities. So this is good for short term, for taking a look at short term. But there's things to know. Remember, some current assets are never turned into cash. So that, that's a thing to know, right? Not all current assets cannot be turned into cash and the value these current assets are given might not be what you sell them off at the moment, right? So if you need to liquidize something pretty quickly, you might sell it for a discount. So in reality, that current asset can go down. So when I take a look at current assets and the current ratio, what I try to take a look at is again, I take a look at past data and try to take a look at what the usual current ratio is. And if the current ratio is pretty common, it means that the company is able to continue to pay its, its, its liabilities with no problem. If I see current ratio decrease, then that to me, I'll take a look at the light. That'll make me go like, bam. The, that means either two things. Current assets has decreased or current liabilities have increased. So I will take a look at those two right away and see why is the reasoning for it happy, happening. If current ratio has gone up, that's obviously a good thing. That means this company has current assets. And to me, that really, I would just check why this company, either this company has less current liabilities this, this year or they have higher assets, which are both good things. So uh, remember, a high current ratio generally means a more secure business. But remember, it's it's, you guys always got to take a look that not all current assets are valued at what they would be sold for but all liabilities are valued at exactly what they need to be paid for. So you got to take mind for it. So then if you don't want to take a look at current ratios, there's another one called asset test ratio. So asset test ratio is usually a little more strict than current ratio because in asset test ratios, we only take a look at certain assets. So we take a look at cash and cash equivalents. So these are things that can be converted super quickly short-term investments these are usually like few month cds or short-term investments that again are not risky but it keeps the cash going a company in theory usually has not high amount of cash because cash in theory only loses money with inflation and so on so it's always good to keep money moving into uh, into other investments where it could be producing more money right so you'll most likely see a cash and cash equivalents um, usually most companies keep low cash, but cash equivalents will be against short-term investments plus current receivables. So this is the money they are going to receive within the next 12 months divided by current liabilities. So like I mentioned, this ratio is stricter than current ratio as the only the more liquidized assets are used to cover the current liabilities. Specifically uses cash and cash equivalents, short-term investments, and short-term current receivables to meet other current, um, current liabilities. So like always, this is something I'll do similar to what I did in the past in, with the other ratio. I'll take a look at past ratios and see, am I anywhere near this ratio? Is this ratio lower than, than previous values? If so, that would, in my opinion, would be a bad thing. But if I see a higher asset test ratio, that means a good thing that this company definitely has even more cash and cash equivalents and short-term investments to pay off its current liabilities. It could also mean this company even has less current liabilities than it did last time, which again, it's all, it's all pretty good. It is a simply a pure measure of, ability, of the business ability to meet its debts when they fall due in the near term. 
So again, this is only for something to take a look in near term, right? This company might have a little bit of liabilities for current, but it might have a huge debt load coming in in the next few months. So this is why I take a look at the balance sheet pretty, pretty, um, pretty intensely because the balance sheet tells me a lot of things. It tells me the current debt. It tells me long-term debt. And then if I take a look at the 10K report or the 10Q report, I can actually see when that debt is due and see if it's all going to be coming in at once or it's spread out. So the asset test ratio helps me take a look at that. Like I mentioned, all these ratios, I don't use one at a, like I don't use some one to determine if I would buy it. I use a multiple of these ratios to help me to help me determine the health of the of the company right i'm here determining the health of the company and if to me the company gives me a healthy results then that would give me a buy so next we're going to take a look at debt ratio so debt ratio is liabilities divided by assets so it measures the level of liabilities in relations to assets and it suppresses it as as a percentage so let's say i have um so perhaps in simplest terms a 60 percent debt ratio means that the value of the debt is 60% of the value of the assets. So let me give you guys a quick example, right? Let's say I owned a house. My house is worth, let's say, $100,000, but I still have a mortgage of $60,000. So my debt ratio here is 60% because even though I have this asset of $100,000, 60% of that asset still is considered debt. As a debt ratio, I definitely always want it to be below 100%. If let's say the debt ratio was higher than 100%, then that means that liabilities are higher than assets. And I would never want my liabilities to be over assets because that means that I am in the red. Like always, I would like liabilities and assets, assets to be higher. So if assets are to be higher, you want to have a ratio less than one or a hundred percent. The major drawback of the debt ratio, it's like I mentioned before, is timing. It can often be too broad that it doesn't break assets and liabilities down into smaller groups. Because remember, like I mentioned, there's current and non-current groups. So this company can have a huge debt in the long term. So if this company has a huge debt in the long term, it might show this current this debt ratio to be pretty high. But in reality, this company has such a long time to pay off this ratio. So a high debt ratio does not mean a bad thing. You just have to take a look at how this debt is broken down. Um, so if you see a debt ratio of above above 100%, like I mentioned, I definitely would not want to take a look at that. But if it's above 100%, I want to take a look at why like does it have if the next debt is paid off it is due in 2040 right with the interest rate of three or four percent that company does not have anything to worry about in the long in any of the terms right this company has collected the money it needs to produce a strong revenue and they'll be able to pay off that debt but if he has a debt that needs to be paid off in the next five years which such a huge debt to um, debt ratio then that's something to take a um, worry about so remember, like I mentioned, like I keep I keep sounding like a like a broken record. Always take a look at the report. Don't just look at the ratios because the ratios only give you a certain piece of what's going on. You want to take a look at the time frame. Secondly, like I mentioned before, it shows the book value of assets. 
like I mentioned, liabilities are true form. Liabilities show you exactly what you need to pay the bank or the or the loans back. They give you the exact value. Assets, on the other hand, are not always worth what they are book valued for, right? If you want to sell something, you might have to sell it at a cheaper price to get the money fairly. So it's it's different. It's definitely something to take a look at. So again, with that ratio, I take a look at past data to see if anything has changed. If that ratio has gone down, that's definitely a good day. But if that ratio has gone up, that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. This just means I have to take a look at the 10Q report, the 10K report, and see when this new debt that they have accumulated has gone or has it been a decrease in asset and why this asset has decreased. Next, we have debt to equity ratio. Debt to equity ratio is liabilities divided by equity. So liabilities, like I mentioned, is all the debt a company owes. But equity is not exactly assets. Equity is shareholder equity, is shareholder, the, the value of a shareholder. So the way you calculate equity is you do assets, you do assets minus liabilities. So as a shareholder, you always want a shareholder equity to be on the positive side because that means you're at least owning some positive of the company. If not, that means, like I mentioned before, that means that assets are lower than liabilities. So that to equity ratio is liabilities divided by equity. So this shows you a leverage of how much the company is trying to leverage based on its worth. So it's equity, like I mentioned, right? So let's go back to my house example. So if we go back to my house example, I have a house that's $100,000. I have a mortgage that's $60,000. So that means I myself have an equity of $40,000. So I am on the green because I have a positive equity. But now let's take a look at my debt equity ratio. So my liabilities, like I mentioned, is still 60%, but my equity is 60,000, but my equity is 40,000. So that means I have a 1.5, I do 60,000 divided by 40,000, and that should give me a 1.5 ratio. So that means that I, my li- I have, I'm leveraging my current equity by an extra 1.5%. Is that a bad thing? No, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing at all. Sometimes you need to leverage money because with leverage money, you're able to purchase better stuff. You're able to do better stuff, right? I leveraged myself originally with this mortgage to purchase this house. But now once I'm done with this house, if the house in the long term ends up selling for more, I ended up leveraging my current money to be able to produce more money in the future. So a higher debt equity ratio can often accelerate growth. But again, it can go bad size. If I leverage too much and I lose, I'll be able to lose way too much and it can accelerate loss. To me, there's no real definition on what's bad or good on debt to equity ratio. This has to be based on the person conducting the analysis. But for me, again, I take a look at past information to see how debt to equity ratio has looked in the past. If there's any big changes, I try to understand why this company has changed why the ratio has changed have they accumulated more debt or have they increased or have they uh increased equity have they decreased in equity so again and then from there on i can follow the ladder and continue to make sense right if 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 this company has higher debt why did it collect higher debt did it just buy off a new machine that it needs to produce more more income then that to me again is not a bad thing so debt to equity ratio is just a leverage I definitely don't want to see a company leverage too much, 
because right if it goes wrong if the wrong step is taken the company can go pretty south pretty fast and that's it that's all the ratios i really take a look at and if you take a look at my other videos um that i do when i take a look at a company these are the ratios i try i take i tend to look at and you'll see that i take a look at past data so hopefully you guys picked up something from this if you guys have any questions make sure to post on the comments if you follow if you're listening to this on the podcast let me know what you guys think send me um check out my youtube channel at jose naharo stocks i'm pretty sure the information is on the podcast and if you're watching this on youtube and you want to um and you want to take a look if you want to take a look at the at the information just go to podcast and put buy or pass stock market and you'll find me there um, so have a good night guys see you next time and make sure to let, um, let me know what you guys thought